3: If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing screen with sharpen the needle.
2: Don't it, don't it, don't, don't it, Confidence of a hero
0: or I was exactly certain which.
2: Could not be more professional. It's all one. I choose to go my life too. That's okay. It means something, it means something.
4: Yeah,
2: You know, that's my take on it with what's yours. Protonic uh, Rivers uh, all. Th-
1: that's like a science thing, right?
2: Indeed, indeed. Great. It is you are I am
0: it all becomes. <laughs> it all part becomes together of the home of <laughs> Well, there Be you're now go. on air. Reversal. All right.
4: Hey, reversal. Right. the theme song <laughs> over again. I didn't I didn't hit, the, ah, shit. didn't hit the light in time. Every time
2: it's like this. Every, <laughs> Every time. time. Every time it does. many so many weird Dude ads and, yeah, I'm like there's there's like a like a like one of those levers with the, the wheels. Like oh, yeah uh, the wheel levers <laughs> is <laughs> Like a, a drinking bird pecks the seed down, then the scale goes up and like a bowling ball goes down the Yeah, thing. a lot of
0: people don't know that Rube Goldberg actually invented radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little known fact. <sighs> Deep cuts, everybody. Anyway,
2: welcome to the one, the only
1: Protonic Reversal.
2: Got a great guest, Josh. Hell yeah, we do, Mister Keith Fucking Morris. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, very excited. This has been a long time coming. It's uh, his uh, his autobiography is like one of the better books I've read recently. I've actually read quite a bit, quite a few books, but I thought it was very, very well done, very honest, very insightful. All right, a good read. A good read. (laughs) Which people often forget about. Oh, make it good to read? Oh. oh that's what you're supposed sure. to do. You're supposed to make an enjoyable show. Oh. That's what I've been doing oh, wrong.
0: That's cr- I, I, yeah, I yeah, totally blanked on that yeah. part. Fuck. Oh, well. You know, from now on. <laughs> from now on. Starting, starting now. Yep. Starting right now. Right now. <laughs> uh. Oh, yeah. All right.
2: That's right, the little material I got. I- <laughs> <laughs> oh. Got a uh funny man uh <laughs> David Johansson. Wait, what? Yeah.
0: I think sure he's a funny man, why not? I, sure. I mean he's he's a he's a
2: very good actor. What if people describe odd characters as funny man, but like, no, no no funny man. He's no. a funny man. Like let's he's a funny man. Uh uh-huh. huh. Like an odd duck. Yeah. It's like <laughs> It'd be good. I get down with that. You could,
0: yeah, you could, you could, you could, you, could, you could start a bar fight like that. <laughs> you, it's really not f- could. Yeah, That's funny man.
2: <laughs> if you're, if you're looking to start a bar
0: fight, yeah, or uh, potentially run a radio show, it's kind of the thing of whoever was. I, c- I can't remember who it was, but somebody, uh, one of our friends. If you wanted, like, d- in a condescending way, calling somebody sports fan. Oh, as like, like an insult or something. Yeah, yeah. What's up? What's up, sports fan? Oh, I see. Okay, <laughs> something That's... along those same. Similar lines. Yeah, it. I'm
2: I'm I'm not that sportsy, but that's definitely. Uh, well, see, that's the thing. So that's where you go, Funny Man. Yeah, look Funny Man's great. Listen, listen here, Funny, funny Man. man. <laughs> oh yeah, in that in that sarcastic voice, it, uh-huh. It, it uh-huh. knows exactly. that you mean nothing of what you say.
0: Yeah, exactly, precisely, and yes,
2: <laughs> exactly, precisely, and, and yes, yes. The Josh Davis story. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not that bad. It's fresh, all right. <laughs>
0: Uh, so we're back from Thunder Snow. Yeah, well, it's the it was. Oh, yeah, it was. We had such a wonderful time it's hanging real, out with our friends. It's good, it's real good. Seeing some rocks and rolls, DJing a, that fish cleaning room. Yes, that was uh, a fucking party. You were. I was. <laughs> you were. You were on the floor, my friend. My,
2: my, I did many James Brown power, James Brown power drops. Oh yeah, and uh, I, it felt fine at the time and. I'm gonna go ahead and say the next morning, Grandpa Neutron was like, "What was I thinking? Oh. It was a cement floor,
0: yeah, buddy. Yeah, well, oh, not enough, not enough padding on the uh, on the old knees there. I've, I felt no pain that night, so See, that's that's the go. important thing.
2: That's enough. But I felt all the pain the next day. <laughs> but what a great time and what a, what what a great, great way to time. spend it. And uh,
0: I uh, made it through the glacial speed set without uh, completely embarrassing myself. So that yes. was a, that was a thumbs up in my book. Absolutely. I had Absolutely. a great time learning good, those songs and playing with them. And you did a good job. Yeah. I, I uh, was glad to, glad to be
2: able to fill in there. I had actually played the yearbook photographer song uh at the acoustic jam that ended up being in my room. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was supposed to be a surprise, but a Haunted Heads blew it and uh Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> and I was and I I mentioned the point that this is a real thing that I have never been surprised. Like no surprise parties, no like like yeah. any any kind of like event based thing. I've never been surprised. Yeah. I've always, I'm not like trying to find things out, but I've always, it's just always, every time, this. yeah. Huh. I I don't know what it is, but, and that would have been fine. It yeah. just would have been like, oh, there's more underwear on the floor than I would have expected to have. to Have people suddenly storming <laughs> into in, in my room with <laughs> acoustic guitars? Whoops, uh, you
0: know, yeah, it was like it's, a, like a, like
2: a folk uprising. It's thunder snow. Exactly, it's but cash. it it was fine. I had the opportunity to clean, so I felt yeah. I felt great about it.
0: Um, and it was actually nice because uh, I was in the room next door to you. Yes, so I was able to go to bed and still actually be able to listen. <laughs> very good, very so good. I had to get up and play the next day, man. I was yeah. like, man, I got to be on stage in twelve hours. I should probably yeah. go to bed. That's 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 the correct move. move. Probably. That's the correct <laughs> move. <laughs> you know, other Grandpa Josh over here is not yeah, well, not a spring chicken
2: anymore. I really like the erratic, erratic retaliator. The band before you, Erratic Retaliator Strategy, is that what they were called? Oh there. Oh, like, yeah, something like that. I want to talk about long band names, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I quite like them. And yeah, it, they were it, fantastic. I liked them in a way. It was like I don't really, you know, how to describe this, or there's just a lot going on right now, and uh, I think it's the right amount of lot going on. Yeah, Erratic Retaliator Strategy. Yeah,
0: they kind of what what came to mind for me was um, early Ween, except way angrier like less stony and more of uh kamira uh, want to wrestle you yeah
2: <laughs> I, I i would i would say a little bit of like brain damage austerity program maybe or something sure
0: sure i mean the 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 the, the closer the, all I, I think all i really need to say is that it's, it's a two-piece with a drum machine and their closing bit was false starting sweet leaf three times and then <laughs> stopping just, we're done good night <laughs> yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was pretty genius it was blew me blew it
2: was, me away it was good stuff i think <laughs> I think I think I think our, our guest for the show uh Keith Morris would appreciate their both their pluck and their um, and their their skills. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, the
0: skills. Yeah, dude. They were awesome. The music like the songs were awesome. And, and the, one, the banter the, was
2: weird. The one fella uh, is a really good fast rapper, too. Yeah. So, that's yeah. that was a surprising skill I didn't So okay. Yeah. And they're just like I mean like the 4x12 like uh, had three of the four and then like the top left one had the uh it was boarded up as if it like you know there had been like a going out of business <laughs> sale or something, yeah. which I just found to be yeah. a bizarre aesthetic that absolutely worked. The, the
0: fourth speaker abandoned.
2: <laughs> the the, uh, the bass player had on like a uh, like a robber mask with a listen to Kate Bush t
0: shirt on. So yeah, yeah, a good dichadomy. even the guitarist amp which just looked like the vintage radio. Was yeah, there's just a lot going on. And, yeah, and,
2: uh, but I, I I really appreciated that. I thought they were great. There was a lot of other great bands. You know the motherfuckers yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was wonderful. Yeah, uh, um,
0: haunted heads were amazing, like always. Uh, they killed it. Uh, Burger go- Buried, I hadn't seen them in a long time. Yeah, it yeah, was- they're
2: great. The God Eaters Korean gene oh, Snoove experience. The yeah, Ascension Part One, all of a sudden, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> <was> what?
0: Like,
2: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and Carlin Reed had, had the best uh, take on it after the, after the, the first song, improv- improvisation, etc is uh he goes
0: all right see you guys next year yeah <laughs> to be like oh man <laughs> that's hilarious it was i mean like i loved like the other half of the set too but just like i did not expect like free it was a nice, was a nice thing yeah a- yeah <laughs> like no one expected. no free one jazz. expects free jazz it's true <laughs> <Like> the
2: spanish <laughs> inquisition that way <laughs> uh why don't we listen to some music we're gonna have keith morris on yeah. shortly uh we'll be able to play like 17 off songs i think yeah, right like one of the, uh, Do the entire first EP just now? Yeah, I, th- I think that, that you know that would that be good. What's what's that one called? I forget. Um, I could have actually prepared
0: this. huh? preparations. Eh,
2: eh, eh, eh. Preparations. I, mean, preparations. What, I don't know what you want
0: to. Fuck. <laughs> Here's Do-do, upside down,
2: down up live at Vice Records. Sure. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, gotcha, the Jealous Again EP, and of course uh, before that we had uh, Upside Down, uh, both by Off, both by our, our upcoming guest uh, Keith Morris. Looking forward He's to talking. Looking forward to talking that dude. Yeah, he was a good, good, uh, good, good ass, was good ass frontman that guy. <laughs> Tell you what, H W H A T? Tell you what, what? Tell you what. <laughs> who or what are you speaking of? <laughs> From yeah. the
0: side. <laughs> the,
2: the deepest part of the side. <laughs> Seven syllables. <laughs> yeah, there sure
0: is. Oh, man. Um, nope, that's the wrong one. Inside, oh, at cool. least there are inside jokes about the show. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't normally be ready, except I'm trying to do this other bullshit. Nah, I know. So. I know. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, let's see. Uh, you're getting ready for tour. Wait, here. Here we go. go. Oh, there we go up, uh, 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 wait, Hold on. With the thing, does it still get going?
4: Hey, y'all. We're a motherfucker.
1: Hey, y'all. Oh, actually.
0: hey, y'all is hey, pretty hey, good. Y'all.
1: Did y'all you know, the motherfucker.
4: <laughs> we're
1: from <the> deep <laughs> part of the south. Can you fucking say it then? We're from the south. <laughs> it has seven syllables when I say it. <laughs> Hi, y'all. <laughs> hey, we're a motherfucker. And you're listening to Kona Neutron's Protonic Reversal.
2: Pretty much one of my favorite station IDs of all yeah. time. If I could only just like take out my obnoxiously loud laughing because that was like the first time I was like, I think it was like the, th- the second or third one that I'd gotten, and like the first one where I was like, Oh no, this is the station ID. This whole conversation. Yeah, this is it. Like, so, I <laughs> tend to keep my caterwauling uh, howls of laughter out of it before, but
0: yeah. Oh well, <laughs> what you gonna do?
2: Great, great, great stuff. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and old times. playing plan some shows and shit. Yeah. That's happening. Yeah. Um, Getting
0: some records together.
2: Yeah, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. I thought there wasn't going to be a show today, and there totally is. The Kona Neutron story. <laughs> but it's a good one. I'm looking forward to talking to Keith. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have him on. It's a long uh, time Very, sh- coming. very, very shortly. It is, it is a long time coming. We've um, been talking
0: about this, yeah. We've been talking about this since I started being on the show, I think.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Just about I that think time. that's,
0: um... Yeah. When was that? Anyway, how many, how many shows have we done? Oh, uh, I don't even know how many I've done. Some. Some.
2: <laughs> oh, fuck. No. Mm, all right, fair.
0: Harshamershkavershkavershka. <laughs> just uh, just keeps showing up on Thursdays and <laughs> stuff.
2: Keep talking to people. Who is it now? Ah, <laughs> uh, fucking Christ. Oh, okay. Let me just cash this page. I can get on with my life. <laughs> Wait, I'm not getting paid. Damn it. Ah, come on. <laughs> this is bullshit. Uh. Uh, anyway, so. <laughs> Yeah, uh you got a you got a birthday coming up? Uh, oh yeah. Relatively yeah, that's soonish. True. That's Soon, true. soonish. Yeah. Let's us all about six it. Six In exact same detail.
0: Uh 6 weeks well, and I'm turning 40. And uh yep, that's going to happen. Yep.
2: Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Sure is. Yeah. Uh
0: I don't I don't know how I feel about it. It's interesting, I uh, I uh, My mom asked me about that. It's like, "How do you feel about turning 40?" And my immediate response like, "I don't know how do you feel?" <laughs> <laughs> Your son's turning Damn. forty. How's that feel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Forty's um, nothing anymore, right? I don't Sound think so. as a, as a dude who is forty, I don't think so at all. Right? It doesn't no. feel any different. You're just forty. What's different? Well, I didn't
2: say I didn't feel any different. I didn't say it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, it's not. It's not. It's not nothing. But it's you know, I, I've I've I felt the way I feel for a very long time. I feel like I'm one of those people that was a see. That's yeah. To senior. a certain degree, uh, old before my time, but will still be young after my time I don't know what being old with.
0: the whole time <laughs> means you're still young right <laughs> I don't know or something
2: i yeah it feels different doesn't feel different who yeah. knows
0: i don't know it doesn't have to feel different as like I think more what i mean like it's not it's maybe not the um it's a mile post but. Say- Oh. oh, sorry. It is a mile post, yeah. Let me just
2: cut you off abruptly with one of the best punk rock records of all time. So all right, fine. Scoop sex. Uh, we come back with Keith Morris. It's
1: all a setup.
2: All right, we're here with Mr. Keith Morris. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's fantastic to talk to you. Man. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you agreed to do it. Uh, you know, um, I'm, I consider myself a connoisseur of, of, of good rock and roll autobiographies, which means there's like seven books, maybe. And uh, I, think, I think yours is one of my favorites. Uh, it's, it really impressed me.
3: Well, um, I want to thank you for uh, giving me the props. And, uh, yes, uh, i got to sit here and say, it's probably the greatest book ever written by a guy who was in a band or a person that was in a band. I'm, it, it's as good as anything Bob Dylan wrote or, um, you know, all of Henry Rollins's books. I mean, yeah, my was, book's the great. greatest. It's just, you know, <laughs> all of the literary people are just – scampering out of the woodwork it's just this major uh cockroach convention in the middle of the kitchen floor (laughs) until the light gets turned on and then everybody all of them whatever they are you know whatever their names are or whatever however they communicate amongst themselves they say we got to get the heck out of here um yeah we allowed to use uh, four letter words like you map and love and hate <laughs> and <laughs>
2: yeah and other things you might tattoo upon one's uh, knuckles right oh. like a Robert, yeah. Robert Mitchum style
4: yeah <laughs> uh-huh. uh huh
2: yeah it was a good read and one of the reasons I really liked it is because uh, you got a, a, a an idea for just your journey into uh, you know punk rock and and expression and uh, and, and music but also. You got a lot of slice of life that just felt like really honest. Like it was definitely like unvarnished, but for sure had like the poignancy that is sort of like happens with you know sort of like an American life. And I, I'm I'm not sure why that people seem to strive for that a lot. And I kind of think I kind of felt you like sort of effortlessly just did it just by telling the stories. And I, I really appreciated that.
3: Well, here here's the way that it uh, went down. Um, I was I was approached by my uh, booking agent who books whatever I do musically. He said, it's it's your time to write a book.
2: It's your, that's how it, that's well, how was so, presented? It's so, your time?
3: <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, a couple of the other guys that he represented, they'd already written books. I think uh, uh, Mike Ness from Social Distortion. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. at, at one point, um, my booking agent, Andy, uh, worked with Bad Religion, and Greg Graffin, I think, has written a couple of books. Uh, but anyways, he says, it's your turn. Uh, so the guy from the book company contacts me. Uh, we have lunch, and then he suggests, um, you know, uh, you need to have somebody... Uh, co-write the book with you. Uh, Apparently what he was suggesting is yes, I know that you probably struggled to get a C minus in any of your uh, (laughs) English classes. And uh, I uh, at first was kind of put off because I'd already started writing stories, writing chapters. My problem is that I talk in circles and I go on and on and on, and there needed to be somebody that just sat there and said, you know, you're talking too much. You need to right, now. Right, you right. need to just shut up. You know, you need to just like leave it where it's at. See, if I had been left to my own devices, you would not have read a book. I would still be working on the book. Like <laughs> you're still a be year talking and a half, two years <laughs> later. You know, so uh, he introduces me to the the uh, a guy named Jim Ruland. Okay. Who I had absolutely no idea who he was, um, but he, he'd, he'd given me some info that he was on the flip side magazine staff towards the end and now writes for a fanzine called Razor Cake. Oh, yeah. know it well. And I'm familiar, I'm very familiar with both magazines and it's like, okay, I'll sit down with the guy, I'll talk to him. It it turned into a friendship. We ended up, I think we probably sat in my living room um, maybe 50 hours, 60 hours, Mm. and then we got in the car and cause he said, we've got to go to all of these different locations because you know, you'll be standing there and you'll be looking at the place. And then all of a sudden there will just be this fountain of information coming out of your mouth and all of these stories. And I was here and they were drinking in the alleyway and everybody was smoking. And then, you know, somebody dumped a beer on somebody and it turned into a big brawl and, you know, it just turns into a big festival and a big party and all of that fun stuff. And, um, so I, I believe we probably spent about 80 90 hours total on on uh, me telling stories and him saying well you told that story before i mean i'm going to listen to it again and i'm going to record it and you <laughs> might say a few different things but uh for the most part you already said that story so uh pay attention you know and it, right, it, right. we 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 had a rewrite you know um at one point, I had gone to Henry Rollins, and Henry Rollins uh, s- stated to me that you're going to probably have about six to seven rewrites of Damn. your book. Wow. Really? Wow! That seems like um, a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Ouch! Yeah. <laughs> like no, I'm not. I'm not going through that many rewrites. You know, when you change a "the" to an "and" or a "we" to "me" or what? You know, whatever gets changed. I mean. And ultimately, we, we, ha- I, I believe we had four or five rewrites. And when I say a rewrite, you know, we just, we, you reread the book mm-hmm. and make sure that whatever you had changed before is still intact. Right. And then we have the big meeting with the, the big. Uh, conference call with the the book publisher's lawyer who she (laughs) says you can say this but I gotta raise a red flag here and you can't say that and it's like my publisher uh, is a totally cool guy and he said you know we're not here to be tossing dirt around and turn this into some TMZ some like gossipy you know, which is like a lot of people buy these books because they want to, like, read the dirt. Yeah. And it's like I throw around some dirt. I sugarcoat a few things. <laughs> um, ultimately, um, there, 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 there's three chapters in the book dealing with some of the bands that I manage. I have one of the guys in one of the bands reach out to me on Facebook, and he said, how could you write what you wrote about us? Right. And he, he said, I thought you were my friend. And I said, we're friends. I I did not write anything ugly, nasty, or horrible about you guys. I was fired. I was shown the door. Yeah. I told the story. And I did not sugarcoat it. And he ended up apologizing to me. He said, Keith, I didn't know that it affected you the way that it affected you. Yeah. And... Uh, Um,
2: and and real quick i was gonna say and one one of the things i really dug about those chapters too is usually when you see stuff that comes from like anyone even remotely connected to the industry it, it even if they have some sort of connection to punk or they have some connection to like diy or whatever it always seems like disassociative it seemed very natural like it was very easy to tell like how you ended up doing that and and uh like i just kind of felt like i'd never seen that side of it and I I don't know why, but that that just seemed incredibly unique to me. So it doesn't surprise me that he just would not have any <laughs> knowledge whatsoever of like your side of things.
3: Well, you you have to understand that, that uh, I managed a couple of bands that signed uh, uh, insanely large record deals. Yeah. This was when the record industry, all of the people, they were they were tossing around million dollar, two million, three, 000, 000, five million dollar deals. Yep, and, different times, um, I <laughs> I, I, I have absolutely no idea how much they signed for at Capitol Records because the, their, their A&R person had already figured out that I was not going to be a part of the picture yeah. before any, any, any contractual things. You know our thing was done on a bro deal, like, "Hey, I love your band, I'm going to work for your band, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that and um and we get it now, the other band, um I was told, if you're going to tell some of these little stories and these tidbits in the chapter involving this band, you're going to need to get verbal permission. Ah, yes. Yes. Um, so uh, <laughs> to avoid that I, I'm mitigation. calling this. Uh, <laughs> I'm calling this person and asking her if it's okay for me to talk about when you pulled the knife on me and tried <laughs> to stab me in the chest.
2: <laughs> right. Is that cool if we talk about that? That would be nice. Thank you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, she, she said no. You know uh, she right. she had all of her different reasons, and I respected all of her reasons. So um, there was only so much dirt. And it was like, sure. I loved those bands. I worked for those bands because I loved those bands. And I wasn't going to let anybody come swooping in and, and uh, give them some kind of sweet talk and send them on the wrong paths. And I was eventually, when I was let go by both bands, that's exactly what happened and it was like, you know what? I have no, I have no control over this. Go out there and develop drug deals and continue to be the alcoholics that you are and let all of these big wig people uh, just blatantly lie in your faces and you know, all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, you know what? I'm still friends with a lot of the people that were in those bands. Right. Um, And uh, one of the, one of the, People said, well, when it's my turn to write a book, you know, I'm going to let everybody know that your penis is the size of a seven-year-old and and, um, your your sexual prowess is the equivalent of a 13-year-old. And I'm just like, that's brilliant. (laughs) Head fucking on. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because you know, hey, you know, um, guys... Guys get affected when women make comments like that. And it's just, yep. could you just, you know, I've dropped my shield. I'm not wearing my armor. Um, I'm not wearing my chain mail. I, I have no spear. I have no way to protect myself or defend myself. So just just take the largest sword and ram it right in my heart because that's the way that it is. Yep,
2: right to the heart of the matter, so
3: to speak. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, it's that—that's the kind of salacious stuff that people like. I mean, look at uh, that—look at that Quincy Jones interview that's floating around. You know, I don't don't agree with like even with like a third of it, but it's just—I'd love to watch him just give no fucks and uh, and dish it out. You know, that that's so rare. But you
3: also have to understand that he's a senior citizen and he's getting up there in years, and it's like, you know, that might be the last interview he ever does. You know, who who knows. I'm uh, I'm 62 years old. I'll be 63 in wow. September, so I'm I'm about seven months away from turning 63, which equates to me being able to go into Denny's and having the senior citizen <laughs> breakfast. Right, right. <laughs> and um, uh, being at 62 years old, I'm just at a point in my life where um, I, I just. I, uh, are 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 we allowed words on the the air? I mean, yeah. do you have somebody breathing down your neck that doesn't allow you to uh, allow your uh, people that you're interviewing to use like bits and pieces of the French language? Because I want to use the word fuck. Yeah. I, I my my box of fucks um, are there. There there are no more fucks to. Just be given out, so I really could give a fuck. Uh, I'm gonna have to. Maybe I might have one in the very back of my vegetable drawer in my refrigerator.
2: <laughs> it rolled. It rolled behind the fridge. Maybe at one point. There's, oh, there's a fuck right there. Yeah, I'm looking for that.
3: <laughs> you know, it's like we 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 we're, we're watching all of this. Uh, we're watching the decline of Western civilization. Part. Uh, 18 yeah. and years. <laughs> w- w- watching all of the um, words flying around and everybody going at each other's throats. And it's like, you know, we need to uh, step back and um, collect our thoughts and step up and be good people and a good person doesn't allow all of this crap that's going on to go on. Yep. So, um, yeah, uh, that's my, uh, that's my political take. Okay. That's me being, that's me being on my soapbox. Um, yeah. So, um, now where are we in the interview here? Uh, <laughs> we we're, more we're, we're doing, yeah we're doing, we're doing great. questions are there?
2: Keith, Keith Brammer says hello. That's not a question. That's more of a statement. Keith Brammer from Diclores, okay. of course. So just one. Okay, to throw throw that out there. You,
3: you know we, we the the first time we ever played in Milwaukee, we played with Dicloreson. I believe it. And that that was the that was it was an early show in a bar. It wasn't like the regular you know, let's find a VFW Hall or a Moose Lodge or an Elks Lodge, or um, maybe we have like a a venue that holds 600 people that might have a bar, but it's like you get a stamp or you get a, you you know, you get something that says you're old enough to purchase a drink and you're only allowed to buy one drink at a time. We played the show. Um, The sun was still up because I remember remember they And all of a sudden, there's this big commotion because there are a couple of there there are a couple of guys uh, walking through the crowd, trying to go out the front door with like a guitar cabinet. Oh crap! Really? Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and uh, it got ugly. Like the, the guys got chased down the street. Um, I, I, I do believe it wasn't a circle jerk. Story. Uh, guitar cabinet I think it was One of Dicreusen's huh. Cabinets
2: Oh man That's still yeah. I mean, That's still like That's a bold thing To walk off with That isn't like a guitar Or like a cable Or something well, right Like
3: in the middle Of the yeah. crowd Like yeah, w- so, walking right off The, the little gauge and yeah that's pretty bold that's pretty bold and brave don't worry i'm stealing uh, this I, I got it thank you yeah <laughs> yep
2: that's kind of amazing i mean that's that's it's good that they were that they were busted on that but uh yeah that's, that's kind of incredible uh yeah. yeah so this is this is going to seem kind of random but speaking of the circle jerks which i think you said that was um you got a gun pulled on you didn't you by the owner of the electric banana
3: um, and he was the guy that talked with the little electronic device in right. his windpipe. <laughs> That's a, it's like totally out of a and, David
2: Lynch movie or something,
3: right? D- David Lynch, you're like bordering on like some sci-fi fantasy. <laughs> Just here we are dealing with a mob boss and his gun, and yep. you know it's like if I don't shoot you, there there'll be guys rushing in here with shotguns, and you're you're doomed. Um, what had happened was, um, (laughs) we played a sold out show and, uh, at the time we had Chuck Biscuits and Earl Liberty playing in the band and Earl Liberty, um, on this particular tour, was the guy who would uh, deal with the promoters and collect the money if, if if we were getting paid $250 or $500 or if we were getting paid a percentage of the door. It was up to Earl to go in and collect what he was supposed to collect. And the guy was sitting behind his desk and he pulled the gun out and he said, fuck you, I'm not paying you. And he fired like three shots into the ceiling. And Earl, by by the, the second shot, Earl was already flying out the door. You know, setting the new world record.
2: Uh, it turns out he had a career as a long-distance runner, so I don't blame him.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he was out of there. I'm not sticking around for this. And uh, what happens uh, in a situation like that, uh, the guy could have been – Drunk or on drugs, he could have just been uppity and arrogant and just being a dick and like, see, see, see what you can do to me. And uh, it was actually um, pretty simple because the next day we called our booking agent. And the way that these booking agents work, we were fortunate because our booking agent. Um, work with Slayer and Megadeth and Bad Brains and Green Day and Bad Religion and the Beach Boys and ACDC and you know whoever (laughs) you know when you work at a big agency you have all of these other agents that have all of these other bands and it's like you do a really good job on the west coast so you you book my band on the west coast and it's like that's the way that they work at this time maybe we would have been fourth or fifth on his roster of who was important but it didn't matter because uh, our booking agent calls the guy the next day and says, look, you were going to send me the money that you were supposed to pay my band, or this is what happens. Right. I get on the phone, and i it's like a chain uh, chain letter type of thing Uh, where um, uh, I tell five people and (laughs) those five people are supposed to tell five people and those other, you know, it just keeps growing and growing and snowballing. And that's the way that these um, indie and, and even um, agents that worked at big agencies work. It's like, you want to fuck my band? I'm, I'm, I'm going to let every agent that I know. Right. To not book anybody into your club because people talk to each your other. Space. I
2: mean, this is this is you know you can't just like treat people terribly and not expect that to get around and be like, oh well, there'll be repercussions.
3: Well, it- you you have to understand that these agents they're always talking amongst each other because it's like oh who did you sign who's your who's your new band okay um i have this band that's going out on tour and so who do you have on your roster that you think would be good on tour with this band that i'm sending out right, 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 you right. know so um the way that it works now is like say Off says, we're going out on a four week tour and we're looking for some opening bands and all of a sudden there's a, there's a, there's a list of 100, 200 <laughs> bands that wanna go out and play with us yeah. on varying levels at varying guarantees and prices yeah. and uh, it could actually get pretty ridiculous. You know, having to sit around for a couple of days listening to bands yeah, that yeah. some of these bands are bands I pr- probably would never really listen to, but it's like now I'm in a situation where, you know, we're in survival mode. We're going out. We got to present the best bill we can present. Right. right. So how do you go
2: about so, looking for looking for the, the right band to fit that bill? Is it more like, you know, is it the best combination of, hey, we like their sound. They're going to pre- bring people in the door. They're not total assholes. Like, what's, I mean... Obviously, well, there's they're, a they're,
3: metric. They're, they're, they're the, the metric, or the way that we measure these bands is, um, w- what kind of a draw do they have? Do they mean anything? Right. Yeah, you yeah. know, when, when you mm-hmm. go out there on the road, do, are they going to bring 10 people? Are they going to bring yeah. Yeah. Uh, 30 people? Are they going to bring 50 people? What do they want as a guarantee? What if they want $500, and they're a band that only draws, you know, Lies. Ten people <laughs> You know Yeah, yeah. Uh, wh- uh, wh- What kind of people are they You know Have we heard any rumors About any of these bands Are they you know, drug we don't, users We don't want to We yeah. don't want to take a. We don't want to take A bunch of Dick wads out with us
4: yeah, Right Exactly And it
3: happens you know we'll hear a band and go wow we love this band we want them to go on tour with us not knowing what kind of people they are and then getting out there and finding out that they're just some of the most horrible people to ever walk the face of the earth you know and that uh, is a reflection on us too and we're out there we're older guys Um, we expect a certain amount of respect, just like we will you know we will show you respect if you show us respect it 's a yeah. two way street you know it 's like the it's like one of the lines out of the bible i 've never read the bible but i 've heard the line <laughs> eight hundred billion times it's like do on to others as you would have them do on to you right. so um There you have it. the The band could be their record could be just uh, uh, earth shattering. It could be brilliant, and they could be just like asshole number one, asshole number two, asshole number three, asshole number four. Like, what are we we doing with these guys on tour with us?
4: Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. The music's great. Shame about the people. You know that kind of. (laughs)
3: <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You know, and we, 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 we. To this day, we still hear about, you know, certain bands that we have the utmost respect for on a musical level, and find out that they're just they've they've just said horrible things or have done horrible things. I mean, we're all capable of it. We all have that within us. It's just there's no there's no goody two shoes except for it. Uh, Adam Ant, he's, uh, <laughs> he's you know whatever two on whatever thing, that yeah. song is, Goody Two Shoes or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but you know we, we we have this respect for one or, one another. Um, you you know you put in the effort. You you wrote the songs. You recorded the songs. You worked on the songs. Now you're out playing the songs. Um, and that's all great. That's all A plus. But then you find out. That some of these people are just they're dick weeds, and it's like okay, that's, that's it kind of uh, uh, it kind of removes some of the wind out of their sails.
2: Yeah, and I mean, so do you find so for me? And that's an interesting subject. For me, I think that there's uh, a lot of bands that like I just kind of I just kind of grow disinterested with when I find out they're total cocks or something because. A friend of mine came up with something really cool, which I, which he calls the James Brown test, which is that your your music has to be as good as, of James Brown for you to be an asshole on the level of James Brown, uh, for me
3: to care. Okay, about well, that's an, an that's that that's a, that's an interesting concept. Um, James Brown. Pretty much. I just saw something where they were comparing Bruno Mars to James yeah, Brown. It was like, are you kidding? Um, I uh, oh, I work with a guy who is now uh, working for a company that actually um, tries to license songs to other artists. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, you know, to, to, to get music in movies and commercials. And um, he... Kind of forced me to watch the Grammys, oh, which man. I would never oh, do. <laughs> How was
2: that? I, Watching the Grammys. I was
3: huh? I, I, I I I was not into it. I mean, Kendrick Lamar was kind of cool. He was kind of a badass. He was a super freak. His 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 stuffs actually, you know, kind of it's up there with, you know, um, like. Public Enemy and NWA sure, and sure, yeah. uh, the Ghetto Boys and all of those, Wu-Tang Clan. You know, those are the people that I listen to of that genre. Uh, none of that equates to Grandmaster Flash, but of uh, anyways, um, Ken- Kendrick Lamar is, uh, I give him like a, a B-minus, maybe a B. And then I, go- I gotta watch a Bruno Mars uh performance and just out of curiosity the guy that i'm sitting watching this goes on uh there's this thing on his tv screen where he can ask all of this information and it shows up on the screen and it took eight people to write the song that won Uh. bruno mars a grammy and i just thought you know one of my friends has a uh, music conservatory about a block and a half from where I live on Hollywood Boulevard and I have the utmost respect for my friend I I, I appreciate the, the music conservatory um, I'm kind of upset that they're not busing in any kids from uh, South Central or uh, East LA um, but you know that's a story for another day and they do these uh, benefits to raise money for the conservatory so they can give out some scholarships and they have Bruno Mars play in the parking lot and the parking lot you put 500 people in the parking lot and it's like you can't move and I, I appreciate I appreciate all of that you know I can sit here and say I don't like Bruno Mars's music I don't yeah. care for his music, but th- th- him doing something like that That's cool. um, yeah. means that he cares about the community, right. and I will I will give him a ton of props for that.
2: That that I think that you're right. That does go a long way, and that <laughs> almost to the point of you know the whole GGBB phenomenon: good guys, bad band. Because uh, <laughs> I personally think his, his music is kind of Velveeta and dangerous, And it's I, I appreciate that he's a, he's a great performer and all. But, yeah, the fact you told me it said, said eight people to write that song, it's like it sounds like music by committee to me. So that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean that as an yeah. insult, to be clear so well, i right.
3: just nailed the i just nailed the lid on the coffin down for you okay <laughs> right pretty <But> much <laughs> getting, getting back to james brown yeah getting back to james brown there there are certain people out there that you don't compare anybody to right right james brown being one of them yeah you, you have one you percent. have james brown you have Jimi hendrix don't 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 tell me about uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. How great a guitar player Stevie Ray Vaughan is?
4: Exactly.
3: Are Come you on. fucking Find kidding? Stevie Ray Vaughan Stevie Ray Vaughan is, isn't even on the in the same galaxy as Jimi Hendrix. Um, you know, there are just people that are like that, yeah. and you know, bow down to the greatness of James Brown because that's what that's about.
2: For sure, man. I was doing power drops this last uh, <laughs> this, this last weekend,
3: <laughs> and then you ripped out the crotch of your polyester <laughs> slat, and you uh, you you tore your uh, crotch ligament. <laughs>
2: right, exactly. That guy did that.
3: And you're you're you you are now on a, uh, a walker in the the. The front end of the walker has wheels attached to it.
2: And scarves like Steven Tyler or something. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what would take me, like, a week and a half of touring to build up the endurance for? That guy was doing, like, you know, the first five minutes of the show. Yeah. You know, that guy, that's, I mean. Right. No, right. No comparison. But that said, this ain't about me. This is Keith. You're you're like one of the most badass performers ever, and as a dude of five foot eight, I always appreciated that like you were like a fucking lit power keg every time I'd ever seen you. Just uh, like in a way that uh, I think the story uh, in the book it's so great about you and uh, you you and Greg. You're like hanging out, and uh, you know it wasn't like hey, you're the singer of of this of this band this idea that i have like it just happened from your natural enthusiasm for music and it was such a cool moment in that way that happens with so many things that i love about punk rock of just it kind of happening naturally like you were is this like the the right thing at the right time uh that was something i mean did you <laughs> it kind of seemed like you were being you frankly in, in that part of the in part of the park.
3: um i i am um jumping around had a- uh, I, I, I've had a couple of people that have read the book that have chimed in, stating that um, I'm just an opportunist. Wow! And what? I, I, I want—I'm I, I'm going to take this being an opportunist. I'm going to take this opportunity to say we—we um, we travel certain paths, and certain things happen on our paths. Uh, we have. Uh, Distractions. We have stop signs. We have red lights and green lights and yellow lights. And we have U-turns and, you know, detours. But the fact of the matter is, is that as we're traveling this path that I guess we're... Uh, uh, that now I'm going to reach out and make this just amazingly pompous, arrogant, uh, <laughs> brilliant statement that it's life. Mm-hmm. We are uh, afforded certain opportunities and, um, here's a perfect example. We have this rash of people every time, um, a, a commercial comes on TV and there's some kind of really amazing song attached to it, uh, whatever genre it is, mostly the punk rock genre, like Iggy or the Buzzcocks or, or Diva or, or the Ramones being in a Budweiser commercial. You're not supposed to do that. And it's like, Hey, fuck you. These, these bands work their asses off. This is part of their reward. And wouldn't you rather hear the Ramones on a Budweiser commercial than say, um, fucking, um, lover boy or, you <laughs> exactly. know,
2: <It> <laughs> fucking
3: like, <Lover> boy. <laughs> quarter flash or, yeah. you know, somebody like that who really doesn't deserve to be on there or what have you. Um, <laughs> It's like we're presented opportunities. If we don't take the opportunity, there's somebody right behind us that will. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I, uh, in in my integrity, and I'm quite proud of this, because there are certain things that come up that I will uh, shake my head and nod yes, my approval, yes, uh, yeah, we. I'm totally down for doing this because I paid this company, you know, $500,000 over the course of the year because I drank all their beer, what have you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do a beer commercial for a beer company that I drank while I was a drunk. Yeah, I want my money back. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. nice. <clears throat> um. I never thought about that we, um Off was offered harley davidson commercial all right now i'm scratching my head over that one um harley davidson doesn't really mean anything to me in my life except that my dad rode harleys when he was 16 and 17 years old he used to race harleys okay that's fine but then my old man uh split a guy in half on the on a freeway when the guy tried to uh, cut lanes and hooked his front wheel onto the bumper of his my dad's VW, and it ripped him all the way up to his rib cage. And then my dad said, "If I ever catch you on a motorcycle, I'm gonna punch your face so hard I'll kill you." <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So anyways, getting back to the Harley Davidson, they wanted us they wanted Off to do a cover of a Beatles song. And I'm scratching my head going, Well, what do the Beatles have to do with Harley Davidson? And what does Off have to do with Harley Davidson? And we don't have any tattoos and we don't wear um you know, motorcycle boots and you know, we're not part of that crowd unless it's the the weekend warriors who purchase the brand new Harley and get in their gang of twelve guys right across the countryside. It's like we we have nothing to do with that, so I'm just going to have to say, even before I run it in front of the other guys in the band, I'm just gonna have to step up and say, No, we we can't do this. I I the Beatles are one of my all time favorite bands. Yeah. You know, they're they're right up there with James Brown and they're right up there with Jimi Hendrix. They're they're kind of untouchable and um, what Beatles song would you want us to I want to hold your hand or (laughs) you know I saw her standing there or what period Um, Eleanor Rigby do you want a punk rock version of Eleanor Rigby (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I, I told them no. And it was like, you know, I would eventually find out that, you know, they wanted to pay us like $50,000 to do the song, which is, you know, for a, for, a, for a struggling band, a struggling musician, a struggling guy in a band, you know, a $5,000 check to, to do like a day's work. That's uh, I I I don't normally turn that down. I, I I would go for that, but it's like Harley Davidson means nothing in my life.
4: Yeah,
2: it's a bad fit. It's a bad fit, and you're being asked to do something that's I don't know. It's not like any like a direct compromise. Or, it's, not, it's not like you're like hey, do this ad for like Boeing or like <laughs> or uh you know <laughs> Ammunition or something. But like, <laughs> but like it doesn't fit. It doesn't seem like it makes any, it doesn't make any sense. Like it is. Yeah. It, I mean, that does mean something I think. And that's, it's not about like a brand. It's just about if something feels right at the end of the day. I think that's, that's what it seems like to me. Although, yeah, that seems like that'd be good money.
3: Or what they represent. And then now we see they're closing down their major um, factory. Yep. You know, they have a, like one of their big factories is in the Midwest yep. and they're closing it down. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're, now we're of course getting into like a political thing and
2: that's, <laughs> it's, it's okay. Not we, cool. we don't,
3: uh, yeah, but we don't need to, you know, you don't need to, there, there, there's enough finger pointing and, uh, all of that fun stuff. So, yeah.
2: Uh, complete change of subject. I really loved finding out that, um, uh, group sex was uh, named by uh, Jeffrey Lee Pierce. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> that that, that like, was a, just a small tidbit that made me so delighted.
3: Well, what happened was um, he was my roommate. We're sitting in my living room. We're listening to whatever we're listening to, carrying on, drinking beers. Speaking of Budweiser, um, and, uh, another 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 plug for Budweiser beer. <laughs> Jeffrey Lee Pierce of the Gun Club and or Jeffrey Lee Pierce of the Creeping Ritual, getting ready to become the Gun Club. He and I are sitting in my living room, we're listening to music, whatever we're listening to. And he said, "Keep am starting another band. I gotta, uh, I gotta uh, get out of this band that I'm in right now because." The guys, they're not players, they don't, they've not learned how to play their instruments, it's just kind of like we're just strumming and doing stuff, and it's just not to my liking, and i got to start a new band, and I need a name for my band, and I said, well, well what, what, what's the deal, what do, you, what, do you, what do you have in trade, what do you have in return, and he said, um, here, take this song. And that turned into group sex. And if you listen to the song, Mm -hmm. it's basically a punk rock version of It's a small world after all. It's a small world after all. It's a small, small world. So, um, yeah, Jeffrey... Pulled one over on me, right, and right. Um, I will. <laughs> I one. will throughout time, even even um, R.I.P. Mr. Pierce. Um, you you pull the fast one, and when I catch up to you, um, maybe I'll uh, pants you in 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 public. <laughs> or. Um, uh, we'll, we'll go to the mall, and I'll go up to the second floor and uh, pour a drink over the rail <laughs> on top of your head. <laughs>
2: That's a great image; I like it. A Budweiser, of course, sponsored by That's Budweiser. <laughs> yeah, man. Like it, it's it's the kind of thing that like that sort of conversation and something that was a sort of slice of life stuff I l- love so much in the book because it just kind of you know it reminds you of who who you know what what punk rocker worth assault has not had similar sort of conversations, you know, just sitting around like having a drink, like hanging out. Oh, yeah. You know, talking about it. I'm going to start this thing and, you know, like whatever. I, I need to think of a name. I hate coming up with a band name. By the way, it's even worse now, as, as I'm sure I don't need to tell anybody. Um, yeah, that's a <laughs> that's, that's a great slice of life story. I, I love that.
3: Oh, you what? What you're uh, getting at is that uh, we've run out of great band names and you're all taken. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am.
2: <laughs> I mean, do you agree? Do you think that that's just like? I mean, I'm amazed. Like, off is like, wow, what a great not only what a great band name, but what a great punk rock band name. And I was like shocked that there wasn't 17 bands already with the name off.
3: No, there's only one other band with the name. Uh, they're called the Offs, right? and they're up in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and my story about them was they uh, played with, I think we played, it was the night we played with the Dead Kennedys, and the Offs played, and we got through playing, and their lead singer, um, I started to go up the steps to go into the dressing room behind the Mabuhay um, Gardens and the lead singer from the Offs came up to me and he said that was the most horrible thing I, I've ever heard <laughs> kind of like how fucking dare you you call yourselves a band and I'm I'm, I'm on the steps and I'm at about the, the fourth or fifth step up which meant if I really wanted to I could have kicked him in the face
2: right right yeah you get the perfect angle
3: but or kicked him in the chest, yeah. like hey, fuck you, who who the fuck are you? Uh, but I didn't. I just kind of smiled and laughed, and um, they they just recently came back out as a band, or you know maybe they've been playing a show a year. Or, they're up in San Francisco, okay. and there was a point in time where they were a big deal in San Francisco. I really don't care. Yeah, I mean, it's
2: not to me. It's no, it's no
3: skin off my ass if they were, you know, popular or unpopular or whatever. I just I, uh, I got to watch them play, and it was just like they were good. You know, they were like a C plus, yeah, B cares? minus. Yeah.
4: yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. What, what yeah. years
2: were? What years were this? Was this? Um, this would have
3: been, um, I believe, the second. Or third time, Black Flag went up and played in San Francisco. Okay, all right.
2: So a little, little before my time. So I was gonna, I was gonna be like, well, if I didn't know about them, they ain't worth knowing. But it's a little <laughs> before my time. So, well, where where are you located? Well, I live in Milwaukee now, but I lived in Oakland, California for uh, twenty one years. So that's uh, okay. Yeah, and I when I saw, you know, anytime I saw Circle Jerks or whatever, I was it was in the Bay Area. Um, and, uh, and off, and, and uh, yeah, you know, saw a lot of shows. And I don't remember any of the offs, so I was going to just pass immediate judgment on them because I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to you.
3: <laughs> well, we, uh, at a time, the, 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 the front line in San Francisco for punk rock was the Dills and yep. the Avengers, yep. the Nuns. Crime. Uh, crime, yeah. You know, that would be it. And then there were all of the other bands that, uh, came underneath them, and the offs would be probably third tier. Yeah, uh, because you would then you would have like uh, the mutants, uh-huh. and you would have um, you would have oh geez, um, uh, the victims. Yep. Um, you know there were a handful of others. The, San Francisco certainly was not a hotbed of punk rock that Los Angeles was or um, you know even New York had, their their punk rock was it was a, their, parts of it were watered down and started to become gray area because I would not call the Talking Heads punk rock I would not call Blondie punk rock mm-hmm. um, They're
2: good bands but I, I wouldn't I say w- they punk rock bands. Yeah,
3: No I would not call Television, punk rock. I mean, they're all, they're, they're all great at what they do, but they're not punk rock bands. Not like the Dead Boys, not like the Ramones. But, but here in Los Angeles, we actually had a very vibrant and very strong roster. Our, our second wave. I, I call our second wave, which many would call our front line, because there were bands back coming out of uh, back in the '60s, coming out of Laurel Canyon, that played stuff that resembled punk rock. Uh, love had a couple of songs, Little Red Book, yep, yep, um, yep. the Seeds. Um, oh yeah, Seeds. the, 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 yeah. the Seeds. You know, yeah. pushing too hard. It does not get any more punk rock than that. Yeah. Hey man, like lighten up. You know, that that's like Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down. That's a punk rock song yep. without it being something like blazingly fast, hot, 80-mile-an-hour um, song. Right. It's basically, it's the same thing a punk rock would say, like, Hey, man, get out of my face. I'm not moving. Leave me alone. I won't back down. That's, yep. you know, it, a punk rock it doesn't yes, get so any more. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The kind of, there you go.
2: When that when that song was written, it's like, oh wow, how has this not been articulated and expressed this way before in a popular song? Because it's such just uh, like, who hasn't felt that they needed that song in their life at that at some moment in time, right? Like that kind of idea, and it was just such a such a badass like fucking Tom Petty.
3: Good on you, man. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, you know, we had. Um Pushing too hard would would have been number one on one of the AM, AM radio stations, and it, it would have been number one for, like, six weeks, and then it would have been knocked off its perch down to number three or whatever, you know, and the seeds were constantly playing in Southern California, um...
2: In a better so, world, man, oh, the screamers. In a better world, oh yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay,
2: I mean, in a, in a better world, the Seeds would have been a household name. You know, like that's uh, it's it's crazy how much it was like happenstance, yeah. almost, right? Right. And uh, yeah, but it, like all of the like the bands like the Seeds planted the seeds for what came next, and that you know that was a
3: well. That I I count them as being the first wave, and then you know our second wave. Here in Los Angeles, um, a lot of the people lived in Hollywood, so it was, in the beginning, it was very much like just a club or a clique. Mm, okay. It was okay. maybe maybe a couple of hundred people, like maybe these bands, would be three or four bands, five bands playing at the Whiskey-A-Go-Go, and, and, and it would be kind of... Uh, also gray area because there would be some other bands playing that maybe really weren't punk rock that were just put on the bill because they needed to fill out the bill Um, but we we had um, X we had the bags we had the eyes we had the controllers we had the plugs we had the screamers if there were no screamers, there would be no nine-inch nails and yeah, bands yeah, yeah, like the industrial bands. Um, so, you know, I considered them second wave, and our second wave was uh, pretty untouchable. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm part of a group on Facebook that's uh, punk is punk's punk's not dead, but I feel like it, or I'm almost dead or <laughs> what have you and right, and right. the constant the constant threat is who created punk rock mm-hmm. the the English or the yanks, you know, and it's like <laughs> oh, well God. the 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 yanks want to say, hey Iggy and m c five and yeah. dead boys and and you know, the the, the 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 English don't understand that the New York dolls came over there. Malcolm McLaren brought yep. the New York dolls over there. And then when the New York dolls left, Malcolm McLaren was thinking, Well, I gotta do something that resembles these guys, so I'll do the Sex Pistols. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and as great as the Sex Pistols were, um, you know, they, would they make two albums? Yeah, you know? and I then mean, John Scott yes, was off being Johnny Lydon and doing Public Image.
4: Yeah, oh,
3: yeah. Which I, I, you know, Public Image is a, a, a perfect um, <laughs> follow-up to the. Um, Never mind the Bullocks. That first public oh, it's so image good. album is Ooh, yeah. pretty yeah. pretty brilliant.
2: Keith Levine fucking ripping it up, man. Like that's that's oh, some, yeah. some good stuff.
3: You know, yeah. and if if there was no Keith Levine doing the guitar parts that he was doing, there'd be no Edge. There'd be no U two. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's weird to think about, especially considering you know that. Well, I was just gonna say, dude, dude never really got his due, but I think there's also a lot of self sabotage and you know some. <laughs> This, this oh, yeah. Sad yeah, to that story yeah. as well. There. No, there,
3: there, um, uh, in, in my next book, I've already been asked to write another book. Nice. Because, because this, <laughs> this book this book is uh, apparently did um, much better than what they thought it was going to do. Awesome. Thanks. So um, they, they came back to me. It, it went into a uh, third printing.
2: That's awesome. And That's a good book. Normally...
3: Normally, a book of my stature um, might uh, scratch its way out of, struggle its way out of, straggle its way out of the first pressing. And when they got in, when they started up on the second pressing, it was like, okay. Um, you know, you have to give them a proposal as to what you're going to. What What's the gist of what you're going to write right. here? Mm-hmm. My, my first book is My Damage, which deals a lot of it has to do with me doing drugs and drinking and being a freak and doing stupid shit, and then uh, having my epiphany after I beat up a girlfriend in a kitchen in a party in Beverly Hills, and everything has just been. My world is all roses and all the women smell great and they're all lined up for miles to, you know, kiss me on the cheek and tell me how great I am. And um, <clears throat> the, the, the next book, I, all I can say is, hey, you know, maybe I'll do a continuation and uh, get into more of the stuff that's happened to me since I've become sober. Right. Because since I've become sober, um, I've um, had the awareness and the wherewithal to um, actually not black out except for uh, due to my diabetes. Right. And so I have more of a recollection of things that have happened. Um, But... See now, here I am talking in tongues and talking, and I have uh, lost track of where I left off. <laughs> well, so please, if you could re
2: remind me. Sure. We'll, we'll, um, we'll do a quick reset here. I do want to mention that what, what you mentioned about like the the, the sober memory thing, Ian Mackay, man, like that guy is like that guy remembers everything, and it's frightening in a, in the best possible way, like instant recall. I can't well, you.
3: you have to understand that he uh, never did—he never did drugs. That's the straight edge life. Yep. yep. <laughs>
2: That's and
3: true. So you know, and Henry Rollins being the same way. Yeah. Um, and damn, I wish that I could remember what I was getting <laughs> ready to say. So we're talking about
2: the book. Book's going to uh, oh, multiple printings. Punk rock. Punk rock. Yanks versus. Yanks versus English. uh yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> right, okay. Um, one of the stories that I will tell in my next book is the um, Keith Levine experience, where his girlfriend, his girlfriend who happens to be one of our okay. at the time, right for um, our, uh, our version of the Village Voice, the uh, L.A. Weekly, she reaches out to me and she says... Uh, Keith Keith wants to start a band, and he wants you and Xander to participate in the, van, in the band with him. Wow. And I'm wow. thinking, well, wow, you know, um, w- the Circle Jerks at the time, um, w- our, our breaks, our, uh, our hi- hiatus, or uh, what have yous, Our vacations are becoming lengthier and lengthier because one of the guys decided that he's now a full time member of Bad Religion. And it's like uh, Xander and I have to wait around until he's done doing whatever he's done doing. And, you know, we might get a month of his time. And it's like, we got to figure out something else to do. And so here's this opportunity to play with Keith Levine. And it's like, you know what? I love his guitar playing because he doesn't play like he's in a punk rock band. Not all. He plays like he plays. Um, he plays like he's in a kraut rock band. Totally. He plays like he could, He could be a member of Can, or he could yeah. be a member of Amandur or he could be a member of Neu, or you know, just. You know, um, Guru Guru, or, you know. <laughs> right, yeah, uh, exactly. There are all sorts of these amazing crowd rock bond, bands. Bonds, like the <laughs> autobond. yes. <laughs> right. We will call it a, instead of a band, it will be a
2: bond. <laughs> the audience members can invest in them. It'll be a great investment opportunity. <laughs> <clears throat> uh I, I would buy crap rock bonds actually now that we talk about but yeah anyway uh yeah i know what you're saying like i mean keith levine like you a completely unique player like if you hear like first time i heard pop tones i was like what the, the what is this what's 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 up with that guitar is that an effect oh no that's just how that's well kind of an effect it's mostly how he's playing like it's such a unique thing so
3: so there was talk of well um, he gets a, he gets in a groove yeah and, and he, he he hits on some very hypnotic riffs, yes. yes. and you just you stay on it. You know, it's like they're 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 uh, mind-bogglingly uh, brilliant in that it's part of a brainwashing technique.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Well, it's yeah, a- the way he used to put it was he would say that if you're uh, Staring at a white wall, and you don't see anything, but if you stare long enough, you start to see patterns and colors, and that's, that's what he was doing with the guitar.
3: Oh, wow. That's that wild. That is a great description. That's, that's, great. that's really that is,
4: cool.
3: <laughs> and he, he's moved back to the UK, because he was living right up the street here in Silver Lake, uh, I, I'm sure he would have left earlier with the uh, flock of um, lumberjacks that have m- moved into um, Silver Lake.
2: <laughs> Lumberjack
3: baristas, yeah. Um, you know that's the new. Uh, they're flying flannel. I mean, good for them on that yep. on that behalf. And they are wearing boots, but they're they're not monkey boots or Doc Martins. They're like yeah I'm a lumberjack I got my axe I'm gonna go chop down a forest cause <laughs> that's what I do and that's how I pay my rent <laughs> which is not what they do no, I mean they, these, uh, these guys good. are
2: yeah. yeah and they're flying yeah. the flannel yeah. yet they're not giving Watt a single red cent I'm sure
3: <laughs> right there's there's no royalty in that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right of course not
2: <clears throat> so uh, I, I know you, you, you've you told the story a lot and um and a lot of people have heard it, but I think it's so fascinating, the the transition from where you were to Circle Jerks to how Off ended up coming together. Would you mind telling that story again?
3: Well, we... um, uh, The Circle Jerks, because of our uh, full-time member of Bad Religion, the Circle Jerks, uh, at one point, we uh, the guys that were waiting around for the other guy should have just put their foot down and said, hey, you know what, it's, it's time to move on. We've milked this for, you know, we've milked this for years and years and have not put out any new music. And we should have, uh, there was a point in time where we should have called it quit." We we'd been out on a tour promoting uh, an album called Oddities, Abnormalities, and Curiosities, yep. and nothing was happening. It it felt like we were moving backwards, you know. And normally, when you go on tour, you hope that you're progressing, and it just felt like we were sinking in quicksand. Uh, on that tour, there there were there weren't really um, maybe, but a handful of highlights and th- on that particular tour we we played a show in st. Louis at a place called Mississippi nights and on the, that particular night um, one of the gr- one of the greatest rock and roll guitar players just happened to be in the audience and he saw these kids going ape shit while we were playing he watched us he was paying attention uh, he came to the front of the stage and said, I want to come up on stage and play with this band. And as it turns out, um, it's Chuck Berry.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and
3: it's to me. Um, our, our guitar player um, looks at everybody in the band and says, J- just play out of this note, follow his note, follow along, and he will, once he hits the chorus... You'll know what the song is. <laughs> right. And so here he is playing um Rollover Beethoven. Alex. And I'm just in awe. I mean, he's one of my greatest, he's like one of my great rock heroes. And I'm just in, I'm in awe to the point where I, um... I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I can't even sing. I'm just my jaw's on the floor. And he looked at me and he said, waved a little bit and rolled his finger and said, "Sing along, man. Come on, John. Just sing along." (laughs) And so I like jumped in on the choruses, roll over Beethoven, tell Tchaikovsky the news, Um, and the kids go ape shit. You know, the kids. any, any of the kids that were in the know that had any kind of roots, any kind of history, knew who he was and knew his importance. Yeah. And um, at the end of the night, when we dried off and everybody's doing what they're doing, the owner of the club comes up to me and he said, um, as Chuck Berry was leaving, he told me to give you this message you are one of the greatest rock and roll bands he has ever seen. And I was like, I, 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 I was, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. What
3: the fuck? Oh my God. That's yeah. Which, okay. They're... So that's the, that's the highlight of that tour. Right. And yeah, that's pretty great. We, we, <laughs> we, we, uh, we, we break up in the middle of that tour. And, um, that's when the band should have been over, when we broke up. We, we broke up in the middle of an eight-week tour. The tour was split in half. And I don't know why we didn't just go out for eight weeks and do it and come home and be home for uh, a month or two and then go back out and play some other places. Um, our rock star, our resident rock star that said, no, I have to be home for two weeks because I have to be with my wife right. and my dog, and I have to make sure that, um, that, that the fence that they're building around my house is being installed properly and built <laughs> properly, and I have to make sure that the um, the, the gardener is coming and he's running the, lawn mower and cutting the grass and that's when the band should have been over we 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 later on would go out on a two-week tour and we would each make eleven thousand dollars over the course of two weeks which one of the guys just completely lost it one of the guys um had been in a band that was signed to virgin records and they signed some Really nice deal, but it just did not equate to anything more than them making an incredibly brilliant album. Anyways, we we would just keep going out in little spurts and bits here and there, and milking it for whatever we could. And but the band should have been over on the Oddities, Abnormalities, and Curiosities tour. Um, We also were extremely lazy in that one of the guys, the the rock star, um, was the guy that wanted to uh, devote two hours to the band, but get paid for 200 hours. Mm -hmm. And I just got to the point where it's like, I'm not having that shit. You know, nothing gets done with with that kind of mentality and Mm -hmm. ego tripping and all of that kind of crap. So, no. Um, We eventually get to the point where, um, a couple of the guys in the band are well. Let's write a new album. Let's write a new album. Let's write some new songs. And I, w- I, w- I would get together with one of the guys, and I was just not motivated. Right. I was, I was not being moved in any way. Uh, I was being under, I was, I was being underwhelmed by some mediocrity. Yeah. And. You know, it wasn't. It wouldn't have been fair for me to go to him and say, "You know, your songs just there's no, I, th- th- there's nothing here." It's like <laughs> right. you you can you continue writing, and maybe these songs will take shape, and maybe at some point in time, we 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 might um, be able to get together and do something with them. But at that time, I, I was just I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. It was just not happening, and um, Dimitri, who is the guitar player and off, shows up and says, guys, it's time for you guys to make a record like 15 years since you made a record it's time for you if, if you're going to continue going out there you better go out there with something new it's just that's what bands do yep. and what he did was he lit a fire under my ass because I was the laziest out of everybody <laughs> but I also knew I also knew that our rock star our resident rock star was a continual performer at the band's warp tour yeah. every year
4: right.
3: on some level, playing in front of all of these kids. And if you look at the makeup of the bands that are playing on the warp tour, it's just not really happening. You go to the warp tour, it's kind of like going to a big festival. It's kind of like going to Coachella. You'll look at the list of bands, you'll look at the roster, and you'll say, uh, It's a three day festival, and there's six bands that I would. Pay to see. Yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, now maybe you you would go to the festival and you might hear something new that's like, wow, that's kind of interesting. Now all of a sudden, I'm being turned on to something new that I'm I'm uh, I'm digging on. I'm thinking this is pretty cool. Yeah. That happens at these big festivals. That's awesome. That that's the reason why I say, look, go to the big festival. Don't don't be put off just because there's a bunch of crap on it. There's gonna be some stuff on there that's there'll be some hidden gems. There'll be some things that perk your interest. Anyways, getting back to the warp tour, this guy's on the warp tour like every year, yeah. and it's like he's used to playing this watered down commercial and i'm I'm not bad mouthing there's certain bands that are on the warp tour that are t- totally happening and and get Ten thumbs up, and there's certain bands on the Warp tour that let let let's be serious now and let's get real. There's no reason for this band to be in existent existence except that you know they're they're they were playing trumpet in the high school marching band, right? <laughs>
4: Well,
2: yeah. yeah, and we
3: can blame yeah. that on the, all the ska bands yeah. and they're not all bad but the, the majority of them are yeah. anyway the <clears throat> yeah. there, there's a certain mentality that happens on the Warp Tour and uh, now all of a sudden I'm I'm uh, sitting the the aura coming off of this uh, rock star guy is that of somebody that pretty much that's what he knows yeah. that's what he's done for like 15, 20 years of his life, the Warp Tour. And I'm not bad about being the Warp Tour because Kevin Lyman is he's a brilliant character and I love him. Getting back to the Warp Tour, I'm not having anything to do with I'm, we'll play some shows here and there, of course. Right. It's a gig. You know, and you'll be playing in front of a bunch of kids who might not know who you are and they might go, Wow, I like this band. Mom, when I go to the mall, I'm going to buy their CD. Sure. Okay? That, that's the reason why you go and you play on these festivals or what have yous. Anyways, I'm not having anything to do with the mentality of the majority of the bands that are playing at the warp Tour. I, I won't have it. I won't have this buffered down, radio-friendly, everything being placed together all of the musical instruments being placed and padded and uh, puffed up and buffed and shiny and you know, it's, uh, the radio listeners' ears—they—they—they they, they can't put up with a guitar that sounds like it's being played out of a Marshall. It has to be played out of a uh, whatever it's being played out of because um, it just—it's it, it, hard on their ears, and we can't have that. Right? Because that really says punk rock to me, you know. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm—I'm—I'm uh, I'm, I'm getting caught up in this mentality where uh, the other guys in the band are just like. Uh, the, all of a sudden, there's some ego tripping going on, and I'm raising my hand because my, my ego is just as big as anybody else's in the band. Right, right. Hell, hell, I started the band with one of the other big egos, <laughs> and so we're going at it like, hey, you know, what are we going to do for songs? We're we're getting together in a workspace, and there there are a few riffs being thrown around that are just not very. I'm not motivated by the riffs. Mm-hmm. You know, And all of a sudden, Dimitri, who's producing the record, says, no, you need, to, you need to let these songs become songs. You don't even know what the song is going to sound like until you place vocals over it. So he's actually in their corner
4: uh-huh.
3: as opposed to my corner. <laughs> right. And I'm 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 like, okay, um okay, let's get together and uh toss some more whips around and see what happens. And I'm just not being motivated. It's just not it's very uninspirational. And uh at a certain point, um one of the guys says, Yeah, I'm going out on the warp tour. We're gonna have to have the album recorded and finished be, before I go on the warp tour. So now all of a sudden, we're strapped back onto a schedule that we thought we were um, shaking ourselves loose from long enough to you know have like three or four months to actually work on material and be creative and get into a vibe and make something really happening. And trouble, that, was, that was not <laughs> happening. That no. was not happening. The, no, at, at one point, Dimitri said, guys, Keith lives in uh, Los Feliz, which is centrally located. Um, it's Kevin, can, uh, Kevin, who's playing drums with us, lives in Silver Lake. Um, Xander, who plays bass in the band, lives in Silver Lake. They could walk over here from where they live. It's a 10, 15-minute walk from where they live. Yeah. Greg, on the other hand, lives like 25, 30 miles away, and it's a haul because you start getting on these freeways, yeah, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. And um, so, Dimitri says, we're gonna meet in Keith's living room. We're, go- we're gonna start writing in Keith's living room. Uh, let's meet up on Monday. Everybody says, okay. Uh, nobody shows up. Um, <laughs> uh, then, then he says, well, let's, let's meet Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then, all of a sudden, the excuses start happening. One of the guys is like, "Oh, my dog has worms and uh, one of the excuses is that i I bought a computer on eBay and it's sitting in the post office in the back of the post office in long beach and I've got to go down there and pick it up because somebody might steal it out of the back of the post office it's a very specific um, excuse w- one of the guys shows up and it's Dimitri is just kind of riffing on his guitar and um, the guy that shows up is not really down with Dimitri playing guitar and um, he's the guy that didn't want to work with, with Dimitri, but said that he would just to, like, make all of this happen, just to make an album happen. Um, and he would be the guy who would eventually say, well, Dimitri's not punk rock. Why are we working with him? Uh, yeah. And it just started to, uh, Dimitri and I, D- Dimitri looked at me one day and said, "Keep the only way this album's going to be made is if you and I write the songs for it. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm scratching my head going, well, we've got to be creative. I mean, that's the reason why we're here. So let's continue on our path. And, you know, we start getting further into these songs, and I'm telling him during a break, it's like these guys aren't going to have anything to do with this. This music is just too rough for them. This music's too harsh. This music is too real. This music is... Um, we're going back in a time machine to a place where... Uh, a couple of these guys they were never there, right you know they might have heard some of this stuff along the line on their timeline, but they were never there, so they won't get it and what what had happened was dimitri um I forced Dimitri to at one point start standing up while he was playing the guitar. And I said, you're not, you're not going to do the butterfly, which is what the metal players do. <laughs> and a lot of the speed metal players do where they've got a pick going up and down yeah, on sure. the string do rather, than yeah. what, rather than what Johnny Ramone or yep. Yep. Link Ray, yep. you know, yeah. these yeah. guys that yeah. did the downstroke. downstroke it's baby. like, you're supposed to be angry. There, there's, there's an aggressive, angry, excited... Um, you're aiming at the floor. You think of the, the worst person in your world, and you look at the floor, and you put their face on the floor, and you hit those strings like you're punching that face on the floor. <laughs> yeah, man. And yeah. He, he and I come, come up with a batch of songs, and we play them for the rock star, and he's excited like, beyond excited. And then one night I get a call at 10.30. I'm, I'm in bed. I'm getting ready to watch a DVD or read a book or read a Time magazine or what have you. I get the call at 10.30, and the first words out of his mouth are, we know you're going to quit the band because of our decision, but we've decided not to work with Dimitri. Uh. <clears throat> And so I asked him, uh, when you say we, uh, who are you talking about? Yeah,
4: is it the mouse he in said, your pocket? well,
3: <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, Xander, and I have decided that we don't want to work with Dimitri. And so you need to call Dimitri and fire him. And um, that was when, because it wasn't, the, 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 the conversation only lasted about 10 minutes. I, I said, you know what? I'm not calling Dimitri and firing him. Um, you started this conversation off with the line. We know that you're going to quit the band because of our decision, but we've decided not to work with Dimitri. And I said, you're right. Uh, I, I, I quit and um, put the put, put the phone down. I, di- I didn't just... Slam it into its little holster. Right. Uh, I put it down. That was the end of the conversation, and I was fuming. Uh, uh, I all of a sudden had visions of now what the fuck am I going to do with my life? Right. Because exactly. this is yeah. this is <laughs> pretty
2: uh, big part of your life. Because
3: there. because that's how ignorant I am. It's like well I haven't done other things. There's not other things that I could do. I'm not thinking about any of that. I'm just thinking about you know I'm quitting a band that I. Started. I help I was there when it first started over 35 years ago and now I'm quitting a band that yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm fuming. It takes me about half an hour to have my epiphany and come to my realization that it, it, it is what it is. And there's some kind of, um, fork in the road there's maybe this is an opportunity remember we talked about opportunities yeah. I, I guess this is this is this is a sign saying continue doing what you're doing with the person you're working with and it's been all a pill for me i've never been this busy being in a band even with our breaks right. i have not Uh, in in my entire life, with the exception of about the last seven or eight years, have ever spent more time on flights, in airport terminals, um, huge dirt lots, (laughs) long long lawns surrounded by trees and forests, um, playing with more bands than I I can't even start because we made a pact that we were going to try to do something different. Yeah. We weren't going to take the typical route, which was when Pennywise asked us to go on tour, when Rancid asked us to go on tour, yeah. when uh, Rise Against or Against Me or you know, all of these bands asked us to go on tour with them. We're not going on tour with any of these bands. We're going to be very selective. Uh, what we are going to do is um, all of a sudden, because we lucked out and got um, like a eight and a half, nine and pitch fork, uh, one of the first calls we get is from Coachella. Yeah, yeah. And the, and they ask us to play Coachella. It's like, why are you asking a hardcore band <laughs> right. to play Coachella.
4: <laughs> right.
3: And they right. said, well, this is the offer that we would like to make make for you. You know, we just read that you were like one of Pitchfork's critical darlings. <laughs> and we said, you know what? That's a good chunk of dough, and we could base a tour on the money that we're yeah, going to
2: make <laughs> at Coachella.
3: Hell yeah. <laughs> and so we went out there, and we played in a tent. In front of about seven or eight thousand people, and all of the people at the front of the crowd were um, girls and women in hot pants. Not bad. And That's
2: okay. wow!
3: Yeah, how, how could how could you not get excited about that? <laughs> you know, all of the, all of these years playing to a bunch of sweaty, yeah. you know, over <laughs> testosterone, you know, raging hormones, athletes, wet fucking I'm going to touch you with my elbow in your face. Yeah. And yeah. I've got boots for your testicles and here's a knee for your shin. And, you know, after years and years of that, and I'm, I'm not badmouthing that because that, that's, that's the crowd and that's what we do. Mm, you know, sure, and sure. and here we are playing in this air conditioned tent in like hundred degrees weather. Granted a lot of the people that are in the tent are just there because it's air conditioned. Sure, well, but they still why, yeah. they, 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 they they're still uh, they still have to listen to us.
4: Yeah.
3: You know, whether they like us or not. <laughs> and so maybe maybe we get fifty new fans or a hundred new fans. You know, and what, what yeah. happens when you look off the front of the stage, and there, there are girls that are actually dancing and yeah. singing some of the lyrics. It's yeah. like, are yeah. you kidding? <laughs> I'm down for this. Yeah. So we um, the path that we chose was that we were going to go out and we were going to play music festivals. Yeah. And and what was happening at these music festivals, we were playing with anybody from The Cure right. to Wilco yeah. Sir. to... uh orchestral maneuvers in the dark <laughs> right, to yeah. t- TV on the radio. Now, yep, no, yep, yep. You can laugh about all of these bands and you can scratch your head and wonder, well, um, what, 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 what do they have in common? Why would you play with them? The fact of the matter is, is that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people at these festivals and somebody looks yeah. at the roster of bands and goes, off with an exclamation mark. Who are they? Right. Hey, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, check that out. I'll 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 walk for ten minutes to see them. You know, it's the the whole idea of playing at a festival is you're playing to a whole new group of people that would not fucking pay to see you.
4: Right, right.
3: And so we did that, and it, it, it worked to a degree. I mean, there wasn't a smashing success, and we didn't sell hundreds of thousands of compact discs, but it so,
2: was... You, you helped forge your own identity as your own band and kind of created your
3: own world. Uh, to, to and and, and we, 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 we played with Pennywise on a festival, and we played with No Effects on a festival, and we played uh, a couple of weeks of shows with The Refused, and we played some shows. We did a tour that was we wanted to kill each other at the end of the tour because we were in our van and we're chasing a bus oh, right. And, right. and we, and we, we did what equated to about a three and a half week tour with bad religion. Hmm. And it was great because those guys are great. And, you know, I had, uh, uh, there were points in time where I had bad mouth, bad religion, because we gave up one of our guitar players to them. Yeah, yeah so that uh, Brett Gerwitz could become um, the head guy at Epitaph Records. Yeah. And they're my friends, you know. It's like we, we, we're friends. We, we can say good things about each other. We can say bad things about each other. And it's all good. It all comes out in the wash. Mm-hmm. And it was good for us, even though, I mean, it was very enlightening. At the very end of the tour, it was like um, two of us almost came to fists. You know, I was going to pick up a chair and clock somebody over the head with a chair because being the smallest guy that is outweighed by everybody else by you know fifty pounds—that's all I get to do—or you know, crack a bottle over somebody's head. But we end up playing with all of the bands that we said in in the beginning we weren't going to play with. <laughs> right? You know, yeah. <laughs> because we we knew that we were eventually going to get they they would come back around. We have one band that continually asks us to go on tour with them. Uh-huh. And we continually say no. We love you guys. You guys are sweethearts. You're great players. But we don't care for your music. Right. And your crowd, uh, for us to play in front of your crowd, they're not going to get us. Yeah. They're, they're not going to understand. They're not going to understand that we want to blow things up. Coming from a we, different place, yeah. we, 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 we are, uh, about politics, even though we're not always about politics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're about social situations and, uh, equality and, um, you know, bringing everybody together, even though it's an, uh, angry, ugly message. So, uh, here I am. I spoke for the last, what? 45 minutes and <laughs> talk circles and um, we've raced on a uh, uh, a track shaped like a figure eight
2: <laughs> we've laughed we cried and we learned a little something derby. You
3: know? did we get into any destruction derby we did not uh, I, I, maybe a little bit <laughs> yeah. we talked about Keith Levine we talked about Bad Religion we talked about Off and the thing with Off like I said I've done all of this traveling we played all of these music festivals it's been extremely interesting. Mm. And there there have been some boring moments, you know, when you're in the van and you're driving for yep. Yep. six hours, eight hours. Yeah, we know. That can, that can be very boring. It's like we, we, we've, we've not elevated ourselves and are making enough money to be able to be in a bus. And I think... Um, you know, at our age, that would be something that we deserve, but at the same time, everybody uh, is also conscious of the fact that we have bills to pay yeah. and we have to cut corners. And, you know, there was at one point in time, normally, uh, at, uh, getting back to at one point in the time, the circle jerks would stay at the Motel 6, and we would ask for the room at the very back. And we, we, when we pulled up at 2 in the morning uh, or 3 in the morning, um, everybody would have to duck in the van so the <laughs> guy behind, <laughs> okay, behind the it
4: wouldn't.
3: See that there's eight of us in the van yeah. and there's going to be eight of us or six of us or seven of us or how many ever of us there were going to pile into this one room at the back of the <laughs> Motel 6. The
4: single band.
3: And we, we elevated ourselves to the fact that one of the guys in off's sister-in-law works for the company that... They're the parent company, they're an umbrella. There's like eight different motel, hotel chains <laughs> under this umbrella. So we get friends and family discount. So we get a room that's hundred and fifty dollars for forty nine <laughs> fifty dollars. So you know, that's the, the those are the kind of those are the kind of corners that we cut. Yeah. You yep. know, and it's like, okay, at, at least we have a really Comfortable bed at the end of the night, yeah. and a really nice bathroom with a really nice shower and some free food in the lobby in the morning. Yep. You know, so you know that that's that's where we're at. Um, I um, I've never had more fun with the band.
2: You can tell, and
3: and I mean, um, I,
2: you can really tell.
3: Uh, I through. have people. I have people saying, Well, when are you putting the circle jerks back together? What's up with the circle jerks? Um, I also play in another band, we we very rarely get together to play called Flag. Yep. And we, we went through the we went through a lawsuit where the opposing lawyer actually stepped up and said, I'm gonna make at the halfway point he said, I'm gonna make this cost you five hundred thousand dollars. Wow and wow. our lawyer said you guys you you <laughs> you're going to have to sell your homes you're going to you know one of you owns a recording studio you're going to have to sell your recording studio and i have a conversation with that particular member and he's in tears and he's saying i, I can't have that happen we we can't draw this out we got to we got to make this in Keith, you you're going to have to give up some stuff you know you're going to have to give up a song. You're going to have to give up a, a a a page on Facebook that is uh, a, approaching a million people. Mm. Um, you're you're going to have to give that up, and you know that's the kind of site that you could sell to somebody for like a hundred thousand dollars. There are mm. so people out there that actually go out and buy these pages, and so you know it just got ridiculous. We we won, and hooray for that, but. Um, we also signed off um, uh, on the fact that we can only use the name Flag when we're playing live in ads, advertising that we're playing live and on nothing else. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's bizarre. Like, um, you, you, if you guys get together as a band and want to record an album, you, you can't attach the name uh, I mean you can't attach the name flag to it. Huh. So we're just we're we're stuck at just going out and playing live shows and that's fine. People people um people love that. I mean, yeah. People keep asking when are the circle jerks getting back together. The circle jerks um aren't getting back together. Um maybe uh say um I somehow uh, develop a headache that I is so bad that I've got to go to the hospital, and they tell me you uh, need brain surgery, and it doesn't really your chances of getting through it are uh, zero to whatever. And uh, I would say, okay, uh, how long do I have to live? And then they'll say uh, two weeks. Uh, say okay guys in the circle jerks you want to show up and rehearse for like a couple of days and then we'll go out and we'll play two or three shows and uh, call it a day you know yeah, maybe man. like it might would it would have to be some kind of a scenario like that right. Uh, right. I, I have already um, because the all of the uh, offers that come in for uh, for I keep going to off which is the band that i'm in but for the circle that's fine (laughs) for the the circle jerks i have um turned down four hundred thousand dollars worth of shows and these are all like festival like punk rock bowling coachella coachella made us an offer that was you're not supposed to if you're in a if you're in an active band and you turn turn that money down uh, you better have an insanely brilliant genius reason for turning that kind of money down, and it's like I, 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 I earlier in our conversation, I said one of the guys shows up for two hours and wants two hundred. He 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 wants to get paid for two hundred hours, and it's like I'm not having that. I'm not gonna. I'm not a. I'm not a part of that scene. Yeah. I'm not a part of that scene. There was a point in time in the Circle Jerks where we, our drummer, um, Keith Adolf Clark, had quit and we had to replace him. And the drummer that we replaced him with was somebody that I chose. Um, and he and I got in a rehearsal space for three to four hours a day, five days a week, for two months to learn the songs wow. drums and vocals no bass no guitar <laughs> wow. drums and vocals high concert yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and we worked our asses off and that 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 paid off because that was the tour where we did two weeks and we each made eleven thousand dollars and that's a lot of money for a band of our stature to to make doing uh 11 shows sure is you know that that that's good money and you know i I will brag about that and i don't normally brag about anything but that was a really great run well it didn't hurt it didn't hurt that some of these places that we went to we hadn't the circle jerks hadn't played for in 10 years right you know that that certainly helped
0: sure
3: but um no i'm um I'm in no hurry to do that. I'm just, like, I'm happy. A, I, I'm yeah. busy. I'm, I'm doing some other things that I would not normally do. Getting ready to work on a documentary. Uh, working on three movies. Uh, off, actually, we're going to film a movie. We're actually writing songs for the soundtrack for the movie. That's awesome. We've already filmed the first 15 minutes of the movie. And... You know, it's like let's let's have fun. Let's do something different. Let's go. Let's let's go somewhere else. For
4: sure.
3: Yeah. You know, let's let's break a few rules. Let's bend a few rules. Why the hell not, man? And <laughs> I'm 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 enjoying life. I mean, I've got a bit of a cold. This weather here in uh, Southern California is horrible, and it's like this this will make me sound like a whiny ass crybaby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um pussy boy or whatever you know whatever the republican term is for it now um <laughs> it's, it, it, it it's cold you know because this is tropic we're we're supposed to be in tropical weather and um with the the way the weather is we'll have 3 weeks of 80 degree weather and then we'll have a week of uh, when um at night it gets down to 40 degrees and that's cold for somebody that's used to being in 80 degree weather for yeah. sure so, and you get that wind yeah. it's,
2: a, it's a whole thing it's uh yeah. yeah
3: it's so just call me pussy boy I don't <laughs> care I can take it
2: <laughs> we will call you nothing of the sort sir it's, it's been a pleasure thanks so much for doing the show. okay moment. it's uh yeah uh, I look forward to the next book and um yeah I keep, keep doing what you're doing not that you're, you're you know you to stop anytime soon
3: uh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I, 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 but I do need a vacation. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a friend that owns a hotel on the beach, and, um, oh, geez, one of my friends said, it's the you don't want to go there, it's so ugly, it's one of the most polluted places in the world, Jakarta. Oh, on yeah, the, okay. The, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, all of the photos that I've seen uh, that he's posted make it look like a, you know, uh Pacific Ocean Paradise. Right, right. And then I have a friend that's actually, that lives here, that was there on tour and said, no, you don't want to go there. I, I can't believe how horrible and ugly that place is. So, <laughs> wow. Okay. You know, I don't know who to believe. I'm <laughs> yes. going to sit on the fence post. Descenty I'm going to do some research. <laughs> I'm going to do some research. Hey, guys, thanks for your
2: time. Keith, thanks so much, man. It's, it's you, so good to have you, bud. All right. Take it easy. You
0: guys take care. You too, Keith. Cheers.
2: Ah, there he goes. Fucking Keith Morris, man. Yeah. What a cool guy. it's a kid of uh,
0: a... <laughs> oh, man. I
2: feel like we could have talked to him for a couple more hours. We that would have been fine. <laughs> There's like... Seven things that I really wanted to talk about that I didn't didn't get the chance to. And I, uh,
0: I got to do some decoding here. Like, wh- who signed a virgin? For, <laughs> what <laughs> else there's is There's that? a lot going on here. It's like, oh this, man,
2: it's like the <laughs> repuder film of protonic reversal <laughs> episodes. Uh, um,
0: fantastic!
2: Holy crap! Yeah, fucking Keith Morris off. Yeah, yeah. You've been listening to protonic reversal. <laughs> we thank you for it. You're soaking in it.
0: Oh yeah, toes deep. <laughs>
2: Show is broadcast live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, 5 p.m. Keith Morris time. <laughs> there you
4: go. <laughs> you can
2: find the show on Radio Nope, RadioNope.com. Yeah. Say yes to Nope. Look for those archives, radioneutron.com. Right. We're gonna get we're gonna get right on that, I swear. I, I, I really
0: <laughs> actually <laughs> Not kidding. We, 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 we actually are going
2: to get that. We'll I be meant be what I said. Tonight. In that tonight. Uh, live
0: listeners.
2: Yeah, live listener. Uh, music on with music off. I was trying to think what the the ba- oh sleep.
0: I was asleep I, 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 I think it was it's bicycles sleep. Or is that last
2: week Oh that's that was last week It's bicycles that Bicycles hey, It's bicycles <laughs> <laughs> We go and say f- Spoiler alert You're probably gonna hear Riding bikes uh, Fair <laughs> point Non-live <laughs> listeners I don't know Go listen to this American Life We don't You got queued up next uh, This fucking show Is called Cone of Neutrons Reversal Thank you for listening to it Yeah man Yep <laughs> That's all I got, baby. That's cool. That's all we need. <laughs> oh man. Uh tune in next week. I wanna, and as always, catch you later.
1: This microphone turns sound into electricity. 28, Dark and Lonely. I got my radio on. to my top ten. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor.
4: Gosh, to add, add a little
3: humor true. here. A little okay. Humor. <laughs>
4: exactly. <laughs>